Next on BYU Sports Nation, starring in the underdog role, BYU football. How will you judge success for the Cougars on Saturday night? ESPN's Adam Amin is on the call for BYU in Arizona. What kind of game does he expect, and how good is Khalil Tate? And game day against number one ranked Stanford. And let's not forget about potential bad news. Well, let's just call it bad news for Taysom Hill. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, August 30th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who will add bacon to just about anything, Jerem Jordan. The other day I ate uh, uh, shrimp stuffed in a crab wrapped in bacon. What do they call that? It was that. They just described it. (laughs) It was like a shrimp shrimp stuffed in crab wrapped in bacon or something. That's the title That's this Argentine place. It was so good. Oh, man. It was so good. It sounds delicious. What's the strangest thing you've ever added bacon to or had bacon on? Nothing crazy. The donut. For me, yeah. For me, still, it's the maple donut. Like, it's still kind of weird to me. It tastes good, but. What if if, uh, if Cougar Tail started having bacon on them? I just kind of want my bacon by itself. I just like bacon, period. I I don't know that I want to put it on a maple donut. I don't need, like, yeah, sugar with the bacon. I can have, but why, why not, though? Well, no, yeah. and I get it. And the foodies out there are like, but the juxtaposition of the salt with the sweet oh, is so savory. To your palate. <laughs> wow. I, I get tastes, it. It tastes I just, good. I just want to eat the bacon alone, and then I'd want to eat the maple donut alone. Can I do that? Is that all right? Yes, it's America. America. It's America. Yes, it is America. This is America. And this is BYU Sports Nation, a loaded show. Once again, Adam Amin of ESPN. He'll call the game on Saturday night between BYU and Arizona. We'll talk to him in about 15 minutes. And a major quarterback trade in the NFL impacting Taysom Hill's status in the quarterback room with the New Orleans Saints. And don't forget, Jerem, the number one soccer team in America is playing in Provo. With all of that said, let's get to our top stories across BYU Sports Nation. Let's see, T-minus about 59 hours to the launch of the 2018 BYU football season. The Cougars and Arizona Wildcats making final preparations for the 2018 opener. Pre-game coverage begins Saturday night on BYU Radio at 8.45 Eastern. And don't forget to watch live on BYU TV. Countdown to kickoff returns beginning at 9.30 Eastern, 7.30 Mountain. Running back K.J. Hall announces via Instagram he is moving on from football. We wish the best to K.J. BYU women's soccer will host number one ranked Stanford tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's freshman orientation today, Jerem. And I think a requirement for all incoming BYU freshmen should be attendance at Southfield oh, for the game. There. They'll be there. Let's set a new attendance record. The game, again, will air live on BYU TV and BYU Radio, 9 Eastern, 7 p.m. Mountain Time. And the number nine women's volleyball team begins playing the BYU Nike Invitational against West Virginia tonight in the Smithfield House at 9 Eastern on the W.TV. They'll host number one ranked Stanford tomorrow night. It's a huge weekend. And yeah, a perfect baby. weekend to shut down some parking lots, right? <laughs> Well, luckily, University Parkway is totally fixed and everything's great. Oh, wait. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, let's just go ahead and hit it. Countdown to the Wildcats. Two days away. Two, huh? That means tomorrow it's going to be messy on the set here with confetti. Yes, we need to collaborate on how we're going to execute said confetti moment. I know we had originally That's talked about... production meeting is for this afternoon. You know, kind of shooting the confetti cannons out towards we'll the cameras. We'll okay, all, all yeah, of the yeah. details no still to be determined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to this. And, and you've probably heard this before if you are uh, a regular listener of the show. At one point, BYU football was listed as a 14-point underdog to their season-opening opponent, Arizona. As high as 17 by some places. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. It's now down to a consensus of about 11 and a half, 12. But still, the role of underdog is firmly in place for BYU. So as the clear underdog, according to the experts, how will you measure success for BYU against Arizona? Quality offensive performance. I'm going to go back to something Bronco Mendenhall said. He said, statistically, if we score 24 points or more, most of the time we're going to win. That's been the case. I think BYU needs to score at least 24 points in this game. Granted, Arizona last year, I know they have a new head coach and Kevin Sumlin, new offense coordinator, and Noel Mazzoni. Uh, Arizona averaged 41 a game. They were awesome. And they were the number one rushing team in the Pac-12, number three in the country. They returned a lot of those guys. Uh, the old line banged up. We'll talk about that in a moment. But I think if BYU can move the chains, feel good about the direction the offense is going, um, typically BYU doesn't score a lot of points in season openers, as we will explain a little bit later in the program. But if BYU scores 24 and we feel like they're moving in a good direction, I will feel good about that. Now, BYU can't give up like 40 or 50 points and then be like, yeah, we all feel good. It's like, well, offensively, I would feel good. I want the game to be in question in the fourth quarter, which probably means BYU needs to be within one score, two scores uh, as the fourth quarter starts. And so success for me And this is such a moral victory, and I hate that I'm having this conversation and thinking about these things because the clear answer is winning. Winning is success. Yes. There is no other alternative. Well, there are other alternatives when you're coming off 4-9 and you have an offensive staff and you're trying to reignite your quarterback that hasn't played like himself since 2015. Expectations have been so massively impacted, and BYU is a heavy underdog, even at 11.5. That's a. It was seven and six team last that's year. That's hefty. I mean, who, that's, who fired their coach? There were on the field issues, off the field issues too. But this is a new staff minus Marcel Yates, the defensive coordinator for Arizona. You, but you bring back the same quarterback, and he's pretty good, Khalil Tate. I just want BYU to be in a position to steal this game in the fourth quarter. So cover the eleven yes. and a half. Cover the. Be, that means you're competitive. It's a close game. If you're within yeah. ten on the road in Tucson. Given all the weaponry that Khalil t- brings back and their offensive prowess, if you're within 11 and a half, it's a close game. Yes. And it's a close game in the fourth quarter. So that's kind of where I put the moral victory line. Moral other- victory. <laughs> yes. There it is. Other than actually winning, that probably is where I put the moral victory line. Just go and win the game. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay, we're two days from kickoff as we chronicled. What are you most confident in about this BYU football team right now? The more I study about it, the more I hear about it, the more I watch it, the more conversations I have with these guys, it is the BYU offensive line. I'm buying in. I think that the offensive line has some significant depth. They're healthy. They're hungry. They're motivated. They're always hungry. They're the old line, dude. 
Squally Canada told they're me literally hungry. Like right now, they're like, oh, breakfast, they breakfast. They're hungry. Squally they're Canada they're told me yesterday they just want to sit on somebody. So <laughs> they want to they compete against somebody else. I'm buying into the BYU offensive line. I think that there is depth there. I, I don't feel like there is a significant drop-off between the ones and the twos, and I can't say that for very many position groups right now with confidence on this BYU football team. I, too, feel good about the offensive line. We just need to see it. We haven't seen Thomas Schofield, you know, left guard. We haven't, we haven't seen Tristan Hodge in a game quite yet. We haven't seen James Empey or Jacob Jimenez as the starting center. Um, I, I like who they have. BYU's replacing 106 starts. On the offensive line, three seam. That's a lot. That's not easily replaced. So um, for me, the answer is the linebackers. Oh, I love BYU's linebackers. I think those three guys stack up with a lot of teams nationally. Sione Takitaki, Butch Powell, and Zane Anderson. We have to see how Zane does at linebacker, but if he plays like he did in fall camp, he's the man. Butch Powell has dropped weight. Apparently, if you're Tanner Mangum and Butch Powell, dropping weight's good. Sione Takitaki back at his natural position. Um, all three of these guys are team captains. I think the linebackers are the spot where I am very confident right now. I think they can make plays. I see these guys picking off passes, forcing fumbles, getting in the backfield, getting down the field. I, I don't know what they can't do at this point. Like, I'm very excited about them. Yeah! Yes. Okay. That's, that was me an hour ago talking about this. I'm with you. Defensively, I, I am most confident in that linebacking core because of the experience and for all the reasons that you just listed. But again, I go back to the offensive line. The big boys are back, man. It, it is good to see the size of BYU's offensive lineman has returned to the offensive line size that was helping BYU build their program of success. They had the, these type of guys every, every era but the go fast, go hard era. Then they wanted guys that were like, High 200s. They wanted to build back to this. And I shouted out to Mike Empey yesterday because he recruited a lot of these guys. And it now, was Ty Detmer's vision yeah. to have these guys. And now they have been inherited by Ryan Pugh, the new offensive line coach, and the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes. But, I mean, just listen to these sizes. Brady Christensen, 6'6", 295. James Empey, 6'4", 297. I hear he's over 300 now. Tristan Hodge, 6'5", 305. Austin Hoyt, 6'8", 315. Jacob Jimenez, 6'5", 305. Thomas Schoep is now 300-plus, and it was a long build for him. He's a big boy now. Like the, the big boys are back. I think he's saying, I'm a big kid now. I would. Is that what he's saying? At 6'5", 300-plus? Yeah, he can. Wow. That qualifies. All right, Jerem, uh, maybe it's the offensive line, but which offensive or defensive line group will have the greatest impact on the outcome of Saturday night's game? Okay, this is interesting because the Arizona offensive line returns a max of seven starts. They have new guys, would-be starting left tackles, suspended two games, the center's kind of banged up, the backup's a walk-on. So (laughs) Arizona's O-line is in trouble. So I think it's the BYU defensive line. I think that matchup, of Corbin Kafusi and Kairos Tonga and Brackenell Bakery and Trajan Peely and company going up against this injury-suspended, inexperienced Arizona offensive line where Khalil Tate may have to be running all night for his life, which might be good news for them, um, is the matchup to watch. I think that BYU's defensive line is big, it's stout, uh, it's heard over the offseason that they weren't good enough, they didn't get in the backfield enough. I think they do their best to stuff the run and contain Khalil Tate effectively. 
Yeah, how much can Khalil Tate alleviate the concerns of a brand-new, banged-up, highly questioned offensive line for Arizona? Because Taysom Hill did that for BYU, too, in Kalani Satake's first year. You can only do it to a point, though. Like, third and eight, you probably need to pass the ball more than you run the ball, right? So if BYU can get in good third-down situations where it's third and six or more, which is third and long, I see BYU having some success. They can Now they can... Blitz Tate, spy him. I think on first and second down, that's where Tate can make his hay. Not surprisingly, the position group that I am most confident in, the BYU offensive line, is the position group I think will have the greatest impact on Saturday night's outcome against Arizona. If BYU can establish the run, and by establish the run, I'm going to give you a specific number. If BYU rushes for 150-plus yards, they're going to win the game. Oh, traditionally, that's meant really good things. They will win the game. If BYU rushes as a team for 150-plus yards, they will beat Arizona. It starts with the big boys up front. So if they can establish that against a questioned Arizona defensive line and hold on to the ball and keep the ball out of Khalil Tate's hands because they are ground and pound and mm-hmm. methodical and when they do throw it's underneath routes and they'll take an occasional shot down the field but everything's kind of calculated it seems conservative they can just wind down the clock and have long drawn out drives with that running game behind that offensive line BYU's going to win the game 150 Actual plus rushing yards victory. yes well that's the hope 150 plus <laughs> that to Arizona me is gave a up, stat to watch Arizona gave up 185 and 34 points a game last year. Yesterday, the New Orleans Saints acquired Teddy Bridgewater from the New York Jets in a trade. Bridgewater, uh, Bridgewater has started 28 games for the Minnesota Vikings over the past four seasons. Spencer, what does this mean for the future of Taysom Hill in New Orleans? Taysom Hill is now the third string, firmly the third string quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. <laughs> and I don't know that people need to freak out like that, per se, Audio person hitting the boo guy. <laughs> Guys and girls. Yeah, yes. I don't, I don't think it's that big of a deal. It's the NFL. You are competing for your job every day. There are no guarantees unless you're Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, or Drew Brees. The, you, you, so one of those three happens to be on the Saints. You Crap. compete every day. <laughs> this tells me that New Orleans is not ready to go all in on Taysom Hill as the backup in case Drew Brees gets hurt. They don't want to be in a situation where they are throwing that much at him uh, because they had an opportunity to go get a solid quarterback that they trust in that backup role right now that could win games in case Drew Brees does get hurt. They don't want to risk Taysom Hill having to come in and take on that huge, huge load. And he's good at special teams. So he's the third stringer. He'll contribute in other ways. To me, it's not that crazy of a deal. What do you think? New Orleans did bring in Bridgewater to be the third string, so I'm with you. Uh, Sean Payton said this. This doesn't bode well for Taysom. He's big and he's athletic. There's a lot of things he can do. He's smart. The key is coming up with that balance while he develops as a quarterback. It's hard to develop a quarterback if you're playing all your special team snaps and then working as a tight end. So is he working as a tight end? Hill uh, made the team by playing special teams, but perhaps he hurt his chances at the same time of being the backup because now he's that guy. He's not... Developing as a quarterback. Bridgewater is 25. Taysom's 28. Bridgewater has started 28 games. Taysom has started zero and thrown zero passes. So this isn't good news for Taysom Hill's pursuit of being the backup quarterback. I think he has to go to another team to have a shot at this. 
Yeah, who knows what uh, lies in the future. This being like playing as a quarterback in the NFL. Who knows what lies in the future for Taysom Hill as a quarterback. Uh, clearly. He can stay in the league in some other capacity. but He's good enough to be in the league. but And he said he wants to be a quarterback. But the Saints just aren't ready to go all in on him as the backup. Now, He'll be on the 53-man roster because they like him on special The worst yeah. news yeah. is what Tom Savage received when he found out Teddy Bridgewater was coming to New Orleans. Because now Tom Savage... He gone. There's no way they're keeping four quarterbacks on that roster. So Taysom, third stringer, he'll contribute in other ways. Our question of the day, back to BYU football. Now, two days away from opening the season against Arizona as an 11.5-point underdog, 12 in some places, depending on where you look. How will you measure success for BYU against the Wildcats? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. Last year there was one thing that I really missed and I only got a few tastes of. That was to end the game with the win on the board. Any other measurement beyond that will feel a bit hollow. Road Power 5 game against one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Yes, everybody will be disappointed if BYU loses the game. I'm not going to be devastated, but BYU has to win one of the first two. But you're telling me if the Cougars are competitive against Arizona and it's a back-and-forth game and they come up on the short side, it's going, I don't, it's going to feel all the way hollow? No, I, I will feel confident about BYU coming home to play Cal if they are competitive against Arizona and show us some things that we didn't see last year. Only a Sith speaks in extremes. Coming up, it's a game day versus number 1 Stanford women's soccer. Maddie Sidway-Gates joins us. And friend of the program, our guy, Adam Amin, is not calling a hot dog eating contest this weekend. In fact, he's calling BYU at Arizona. What kind of game does he expect on Saturday? (laughs) Play it, DJ. This is BYU Sports Nation. What can't he do? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. The only place to watch the Cougars warm up before a game is Countdown to Kickoff on BYU TV. Join us Saturday, 9.30 Eastern for the season opener at Arizona, live on BYU TV and the app. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. If you miss this show live, you can always download the podcast, watch the show by going to BYUSN.com, and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever you want. Our question of the day. For BYU Sports Nation. How will you measure success against Arizona? At 19 and breezy. Says winning? Question mark? And we expect that a lot, right? I don't know that it's all about wins and losses. Like, yes, but it's a season opener on the road, power five team, new offensive coordinator, dynamic opposing quarterback. Uh, there was a quarterback battle for BYU. You're coming off 4 9. BYU doesn't have to win this game in my mind. I think they need to compete. We count a few moral victories. Ah, uh, yes. And then we move on to Cal, and now you need to win that. Now, maybe that should be the question then. What, I want what BYU would count to win the game, as a moral victory for BYU if 30, they don't beat 30 Arizona. points. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is ESPN play-by-play specialist. He is a man of many trades. His name is Adam Amin. Adam, nice to have you back on the show. Ah, gentlemen, it's good to hear your voices. Always a pleasure. We know that you're a foodie, man. So uh, what is the must-have food that you are looking forward to seeking out on your trip to Tucson? Well, I guess Tucson is famous for something called the Sonoran Dog, 
which, I mean, it's, it's native to the Sonora state of Mexico. It's a bacon-wrapped hot dog that's grilled and served. Uh, it's called bolillo style. So basically, that's like if you've ever had a torta, it's, it's that type of bread. And, uh, like, you, could, you just dress the heck out of it, and uh, supposedly it's delicious. And there's, like, 200 or some places in Tucson to get one. So that's probably going to be first time. It's, it's, it's ironic enough that the last time I talked to you guys, I think it was it was about hot dogs. So that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's right. You're the hot dog guy, yeah, for sure. This is a, this is a full circle moment, yeah. <laughs> well, it's very exciting. College football's back. Had a couple games last week, full slate this week. Uh, you're on the call for BYU in Arizona on ESPN. What type of game do you expect Saturday night in Tucson? I think uh, – you know, as explosive as Arizona was last season, you know, they're they're also dealing with a new coordinator and a very talented one at that, Noel Mazzoni, and obviously Kevin Sumlin comes in with a very good pedigree offensively, but I, I still think there's a lot of question marks. Arizona's dealing with a really banged-up offensive line. Uh, I, I think there are some question marks on their defense. They're going to be without one of their starters and Scotty Young at safety who's suspended for the opening game. So I, I think, you know, I, I know you guys have a lot of questions about what to expect on your side of things, I think Arizona's kind of feeling the same thing. Uh, I'm sure those folks in Tucson still expect to win a game like this opener on Saturday night. But all of that being said, I, I think both of these teams kind of go in with maybe more questions than answers. I don't know if that's a fair assessment. We'll find out more over the course of the next couple of days as we talk to Kalani and we talk to Kevin Sumlin and we'll figure all that out together. But I think there is a little bit of a, of, a, of a mirror image on both sides here with teams trying to still figure things out. And I know that's a common practice. That's a common occurrence when you're this early in a season. You're, you've yet to play a game and you've gone through a coaching transition like Arizona has, or you're going through a quarterback change and going back to somebody you're familiar with and going through an OC change like BYU is. But I think there are some questions on both sides. ESPN's Adam Amin with us on BYU Sports Nation. Now, typically, when BYU and Arizona have opened up the season against each other, it has been a low-scoring affair in 2006. It was a game-winning field goal. In 2007, a 20-7 win for BYU in Pro Bowl. And then rewind a couple of years ago, and BYU wins on a game-winning field goal, 18-16, at the University of Phoenix Stadium. So if we were going to pinpoint points, Adam... How much of an output do you expect from these two transitioning offenses with uh, a bunch of new staff members on both sides? You know, I, I feel like we could be in for a mid-level scoring game. I don't think it's going to be as, as quiet offensively as it has been in some of these past games. And I do think it could come down much closer than, than a lot of people believe. But I think, I think maybe a game in the 20s is not out of the question. A game in the 30s isn't out of the question either. It, it's tough when you're looking at that line. And for those you know, folks interested in stuff like that, I'm not sure. Uh, you know, they always seem to know better out west than, than people like me do, uh, especially when we don't. Especially when we're when we're still trying to figure out a lot of a lot of different questions for uh, for both of these teams. But I I think a, a game in the twenties is not out of the question for both teams. But I think a close one is certainly in play as, as it has been in a lot of these matchups in years past. Quill Tate is certainly a huge storyline and talking point in this one. Dynamic quarterback. We've chronicled it throughout the summer how good he is. Um, the last three games, he kind of struggled a little bit. It was different. Did throw for five touchdowns and 300-plus in a, a bowl game loss to Purdue. What do you expect from Khalil Tate, who in the preseason is one of the top five or ten quarterbacks in the country, apparently? Yeah, I think he's a real, legitimate Heisman contender. Uh, I don't think that's uh, an unfair assessment by any means. Uh, he's as talented as they come. There's something dynamic about him. There's something explosive about him, certainly. But I think a lot of that just has to do with the protection that he's had. 
you know, he's again, those questions on the offensive line loom pretty large. That's one of the biggest storylines coming out of Tucson right now is, are they going to be able to protect Khalil Tate against what is typically historically. And I think again, this year, a very strong and large defensive line for BYU. So I think that question mark is going to be there throughout the game on Saturday. And that's certainly something we're going to keep an eye on. But in terms of just pure talent, uh, with his speed, his escapability, his mobility, I think he's phenomenal. And I think there's a reason that he's a, I don't even think under the radar contender. I, I don't want to use the term dark horse for him at all. I think he's a legitimate Heisman candidate. And he's, and he's a player that some people are still getting to, you know, they're still getting to know him uh, for one reason or another. And obviously he's a Pac-12 player. He plays out West. So naturally you're going to have some of that uh, lack of visibility at times. Arizona didn't play a ton of, day games last year, East Coast primetime games or whatever it may be on major networks last season. So this is an opportunity, again, late night game still, but it's the opening Saturday of the football season. People are going to want to take a look at this guy. I agree with you in the sense that, you know, with with those struggles that he had late last year on the road at Oregon, on the road at Arizona State, uh, I I think there is a book out there on him for Pac-12 teams, and I think defensive coordinators have spent a lot more time looking at tape of Khalil Tate trying to figure out how to stop him. But I think a lot of the issues, if he has any issues on Saturday, are going to have a lot to do with the offensive line, just being a little bit more patchwork than I'm sure Kevin Sumlin would like. Adam Amin of ESPN, play-by-play specialist. He'll call the BYU-Arizona game on Saturday night, 1045 Eastern, 745 Pacific time. Adam, a 4-9 and nine season, understandably, massively affected expectations for BYU fans. And uh, other than a few blue-goggled folks out there, I think people are kind of holding on, hoping that BYU can, yes, win, but, but be competitive for sure with Arizona. How would you measure success? What would, what would count as a success for BYU against Arizona in Tucson? You know, I think what you guys talked about, just, you know, setting a level of expectation, it's hard coming off a four and nine season. Uh, and just, I mean, just thinking about the promise the year before, you know, when you're coming off a nine win season in Kalani's first year, the expectation level is much higher. I don't think it's unrealistic to feel like a loss is still a moral victory. I think that's okay for a team that's still trying to figure some things out, but I also think that BYU, with its, with its experience at quarterback, with Tanner coming back, with Squally being back, with Matt Bushman being one of the better tight ends in America, and still having some experience on the offensive line. Listen, those three starters that you guys lost on the interior are very difficult to, to, to replace. But I think there's, there's while the, the starts aren't there, the snaps are there for some of these guys. I, liked, I think Tanner Shope has done it before you know, to move from – one spot the the offensive line to another. So I expect offensively for this team to be in a good place. So if it is a loss, it's a loss, but I think it has to be, it should be a competitive loss. I think BYU fans should expect that a competitive game at the very least. And is game one a gauge for how the rest of the season is going to go? No, I don't think a loss to Arizona means that you're not going to be competitive against Washington. I don't think a loss to Arizona means you're not going to be competitive against Boise state or any of the other you know, highly touted teams that you're going to see this year. It's always a difficult schedule. Uh, the defense is expected to be strong again, as it has been for, for a long time, as far as I'm concerned. So I, I think the expectation should be a competitive game. College football is back, Adam. What are you most excited about for this weekend and kind of the this, this season? 
Yeah, you know, staying out west, I think Washington is is a fascinating storyline. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about Washington Auburn once we get to our game on Saturday night and kind of uh, weave it together as part of the tapestry of the first day. But uh, I think Washington's a fascinating story. I'm I, I'm curious about Stanford with a difficult schedule, USC with a freshman quarterback, a difficult schedule right out of the gate. Uh, I'll be curious to see who eventually wins that Alabama quarterback battle, whether it's Tonga Vailoa or whether Jalen Hurts gets uh, gets his starting spot back. Uh, Ohio State saga, um, you know, I, I certainly don't relish in some of the horrors that have taken place over there, but I do find myself very interested in what's going to play out there. Uh, I mean, and that's what's great about this sport. I mean, there's so many things to take a look at, whether it's the first-year head coaches, whether it's uh, the, the dynasties in place at Clemson and Alabama, Ohio State dealing with their issues, Penn State trying to cope with the loss of uh, one of the great running backs in their program's history. So I know it's kind of a cop-out answer to just name everything ever, ever played and discussed over the course of the last four months of, uh, of the offseason, but I think that's there's plenty to be excited about, and that's what's going to make Saturday great. It's going to it's what's going to make this season great. He's clearly not a one-trick pony, and by that I mean he doesn't just do hot dog eating contests and hot dog reviews. He knows a ton. <laughs> He's our Valpo about guy. Everything else. He is our Valpo guy, Adam. I mean, Adam, it's great to talk to you. We look forward to the call for you uh, on uh, from Tucson on Saturday night. Great to talk to you guys. Finally, college football is back, and it's always a pleasure when we get to chat. Adam Amin of ESPN, always bringing it. And I need one of those Sonoran hot dogs, my friend. Yes, you do. We'll make it happen. Absolutely. Coming up, a BYU running back calls it quits. Plus, magic with numbers in regard to BYU and Arizona opening up another season against each other. What's the key stat for the Cougars? We'll tell you next. This is BYU Sports Nation. The brand-new, ultra-fresh Nike Game Day BYU collection is now available at the BYU store. Jerem Jordan is currently rocking the royal blue, vintage-worn Sailor Coog t-shirt. Just one of a plethora of options, and yes, I know what a plethora is. Just think, it could be Christmas in August or September, BYU fans. Absolutely. Get the latest Cougar gear at the BYU store or on BYUstore.com. All right, let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's BYUSN headlines. As we told you earlier, T-minus 59 hours to the launch of the 2018 BYU football season. The Cougars and Arizona Wildcats in final preparations for the 2018 season opener. Pre-game coverage begins Saturday night on BYU Radio at 8.45 Eastern. And watch... A brand new season, episode one of Countdown to Kickoff live on BYU TV starting at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. K.J. Hall announced via Instagram that he will be leaving the BYU football program and retiring from the game, but it's not related to his injuries. BYU women's soccer will host number one ranked Stanford, a team that's won 24 consecutive matches. Tonight at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain, the game live, available on BYU TV and BYU Radio or the app. You can watch it on the go. And the number nine women's volleyball team begins playing the BYU Nike Invitational against West Virginia. West Virginia! Tonight in the Smithfield House at 9 Eastern on the W.TV. So a busy night at Southfield and in the Smithfield. Yes. Women's volleyball just needs to take care of West Virginia. West Virginia. And then it's on to number one ranked Stanford in their venue. Hey, we have something brand new here on BYU Sports Nation as we get you set on a new level for BYU at Arizona to open the 2018 season. We're trying to get a grasp on what to expect in a season opener that typically has been low scoring and kind of strange. 
We're obviously excited as the hype train builds. However, there is one thing that doesn't get excited or swayed by the hype, Jerem. That is the facts, the numbers. So we give you this. It's just the stats. BYU football is back. Phone number one, Arizona. And by taking a look at the three most recent BYU versus Arizona season openers, we can project how this matchup may go. Khalil Tate leads what is expected to be a highly potent offense for the Wildcats. However, history between these teams suggests it may not even matter. In each of the three opening game matchups, Arizona has scored less points than it averaged for the season. In 2006, the Wildcats averaged 16.6 points per game and scored 16 against the Cougars. In 2007, Arizona averaged 28.7 points but only scored 7. In 2016, Arizona averaged 24.8 a game but scored just 16. And while Arizona may not have been able to perform offensively, BYU seemed to suffer in the same way. For example, in 2006, BYU averaged 36.8 points per game, but only scored 13 points against Arizona. In 2007, the Cougars averaged 30.1 points a game and scored 20. In 2016, BYU averaged 29.5 points a game, but only scored 18 points. So while there may be a lot of unknowns going into the BYU football season opener, the history seems to suggest Saturday's game will be dominated by the defense, regardless of offensive talent. It's just the stats, people. It's just the stats. So I think we should expect kind of lowish scoring, but for some reason... For some reason, I feel like BYU will be off to a better start. I hope I hope that BYU is not scoring in the teens. Come on, we'll talk about this. And but that's what history tells us. Just just the stats. Bring up the history that oh, it's low scoring. It's kind of weird. And now yep. watch it be like a forty to thirty five game. I would be really happy about that. <laughs> Offensively, not defensively. All right, let's have some more fun with numbers. But add percentage signs behind. It's what's the chance? BYU Sports Nation asks. What's the chance? Presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Number one, Ben Bagley. What's the chance? Tanner Mangum throws more TDs on Saturday than the Heisman hopeful Khalil Tate. 55%. I think there's a decent chance that that happens for Tanner Mangum. Uh, Khalil Tate, I think, will have more rushing touchdowns than Tanner Mangum for sure. That's where his strength is. So I go 55. Yeah, I'd say... 60% 60% Tanner Mangum throws more touchdown passes than Khalil Tate. But, again, with you bringing up the fact that he's so dangerous with his feet that Khalil Tate doesn't really have to throw a touchdown, and Arizona's right. offense can still be uber dynamic and score a ton of points. So it's it's not that big of a deal if Tanner throws more touchdowns than Khalil Tate. All right, number two. What's the chance Zach Wilson takes a snap on Saturday? Two percent. There's a chance, but it's really low. I, barring injury, knock on wood. Tanner Mangum needs to take every snap for BYU, regardless of what the score is. I don't see BYU winning this game by 25, right? So he he needs to take all the snaps because he needs all the reps in this offense. Yeah, one percent chance. And I, oh, you I, topped me. Well, I I think it. Well, actually, I went lower than you, so you you one up to me, technically speaking, right? You bottomed me. One percent chance, and it might be lower than that. I think the offensive line and the way that the offense is designed will protect Tanner Mangum. He's in good health. I don't anticipate anything of the sort in terms of injuries. So, yeah, 1%. Tanner Mangum needs to, and I think will take every snap. Number three. Is there such a thing as a one-downer? Because that's what Spencer just did. Instead of a one-upper, he's you a one-downer. You talked meaning, yeah, 
Not literally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Last one. What's the chance BYU wins the turnover battle? Uh, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> 50%. No clue. <laughs> there, this is one of those super weird, and oh, it's clearly yeah. unpredictable. Hopefully BYU does. They've emphasized you know, ball control. So we'll see. Tipped passes, goofy plays. Like BYU you never throw the, it. You can't have an interception. <laughs> there is often a luck element associated with the turnover battle. Forced fumbles. That's uh, you know that's a forced fumble. <laughs> so, so it's saying, as opposed and, to an interception, that could be lucky. In some ways, it's saying, what's the chance BYU has better luck than Arizona yeah. on uh, Saturday night? Hundred percent, fifty percent chance BYU has better luck and wins the turnover battle against Arizona. Coming up, more of your responses to our question of the day, including our elite voice. It is game day for BYU women's soccer against the number one ranked team in all the land. The lone senior from that team. Maddie Sidaway Gates will join us. We're thinking about a new nickname for her. We're going to get her opinion on that. This is BYU Sports Nation. What's the Chance is brought to you by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Tonight, the women's soccer team hosts number one Stanford, who has won 24 games in a row at Southfield for the home opener. Watch and listen to it live on BYU TV and BYU Radio at 9 Eastern time. Welcome back. BYU Sports Nation continues. And this is our question of the day. How will you measure success for BYU against Arizona when the Cougars kick off the season on Saturday night? At Jaylenahan9 says. Johnny, Hi. Net punting and field goal percentage. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> Those are the kicker metrics for yep, sure. Yep, that's how we're going to know. Join the conversation 24-7 on social media by using the hashtag BYUSN. Uh, <laughs> leave it to a punter to, uh, to tweet that in. Joining us now in Studio B as the Cougars of BYU women's soccer prepared to host the nation's number one ranked team, Stanford Cardinal, is Maddie Sidaway-Gates. Maddie, welcome to Studio oh, B. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So you've experienced a little bit of everything through three matches this year. One win, one tie, one loss. The loss coming at number nine, Texas A&M. How do you feel the team has played overall through those first three matches of the 2017 season, I should say? Yeah, I feel really well. Um, I think that we've you know come out, we've you know, won and tied and lost, but uh, I think we're ready to go. We've played a lot of tough teams, so um, it's been good to see what we can do. Tough might be an understatement. You played <laughs> number nine Texas A&M on the road in mm-hmm. front of 4,300 fans. How yes. was that? It was exciting, super exciting. Um, that was one of their biggest home games, right? They had lots of freshmen on campus, um, so super fun, good environment, and we're hoping to, you know, kind of have the same feel at Southfield tonight. So at least 4,300 tonight. I can't even remember. <laughs> what the capacity is it? 5,000? I'm trying to remember. I think I the think max so. capacity, without breaking any laws, is about 5,000 people. Let's go. Yeah. Let's top text in. <laughs> so now number one Stanford comes in. What, uh-huh. kind, of, uh, what kind of effort and uh, energy will it require to, to compete with Stanford, who's the national champs, number one, right? Yeah, so much, I think. We, we've really put in a lot of work this week and been getting ready for this game. We're just really excited to get out there, play a top 10 team. Oh, they thrive on keeping possession of the ball. Yes. You know, a ton of emphasis is paid to the fact that they just don't really ever have to play defense because they always have the ball. So how do you counter that? We got to come out and attack. 
right? So we talked about that, getting the ball in in the first 15 minutes. So the best defense we have against them is just keeping the ball going forward quick. What's the key to keeping the ball? Um, Our speed of play, right, going forward, um, playing the ball quickly and getting the ball in the box. We want to score first, for sure. And what kind of energy do you expect from your fans with the number one team in town? Lots of energy. Yeah, we want to see Southfield packed. We want, we want our people there, right? Kind of like the twelfth man. We we need our fans there and being loud and and helping us get the W. That was a subtle uh, reference to Texas A and M. Yep, nicely done. <laughs> nicely done. Um, let's let's rewind a little bit to the Cal State Fullerton game. Okay. So you you're the only senior on this team. You're in overtime. It it's tied. There's a penalty kick. At, at what point in the conversation was it, I'm taking this, or was it predetermined that you would be the one to take the PK? Predetermined. Oh, okay. Definitely. I knew, I knew if there was a PK coming, I wanted it. But you had discussed as a team, if there's a PK, yeah, yeah. Well, we, we talk a lot about free kicks, direct kicks. We know who's taking them. And for the PKs, we, we have a couple people. Um, me and Elise usually take them, and so Elise wasn't in, and I, and I stepped up. Okay, so clearly part of your role as the only senior on the team is to take clutch kicks late <laughs> in games and uh, find a way to slot at home. What, what else is involved in your role as the lone senior on this team? Uh, yeah, obviously there's a lot of leadership that comes with that, but I think uh, we've had a, we have a lot of leaders on this team as well. So um, I don't really feel like the lone senior. I know everyone keeps saying that, but we got a lot of leadership out there. You realize senior day is going to be awesome, right? It's just you at the end of the season. You're like, hi, everybody. It's just, just me. What's up? So it's, yes, it's about you. Just me. It's Maddie yeah. Sidaway Gates Day. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> you, uh, w- since you won the game against Fullerton on a clutch PK, mm-hmm. golden goal, you know, in overtime, whatnot, we were thinking maybe are you a better closer than your husband? Because he's a closer <laughs> on the baseball team. But you close that game. We think that's a question. We maybe, need to answer. Maybe his skills are rubbing off on me oh yes. okay like maybe okay. maybe energy. that was it i yeah. don't know yeah i don't know if i'm a better closer than him okay he, he's, he's you, you've clutch. done it you've done it once this yeah season. i've done it Perhaps once a he's few done more it times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. maybe i need a few more to show him like up. if he got one save we wouldn't say he's a better like whatever <laughs> than, yeah okay listen they're still relatively newly married in five years that answer will be very, very yeah you're still <laughs> you're still like oh my husband like in five years be like, oh i'm way better than him. Yeah. did you get married this summer January. Oh, January. Okay, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank very you. Exciting. It'll very be exciting. very different in five years. Okay, and that's okay. okay. It that's probably right. helps that you're a fall season athlete yeah. and he's a spring, although yes. you do have a spring season. Mm-hmm. Because Matt Bushman and Emily Lewis are married, and the, and Matt's like, yeah, we don't, we just don't really see each other. Yeah, they, Emily can barely go to any of his games, I think. she was. Yeah, like about. one home game yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, that works out yeah. well for you guys. Now, yes. you know that you are now a power couple. In BYU Sports Nation. Hey, right? but we got like fifth in the Y Awards. Uh huh. Were you upset that um, you were fifth, or were you happy that you made it? Uh, because some people fifth? don't that's make like, it. That's like you know, that's kind of like last place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you you made that game winner, so you probably bumped I, yourself okay, up a couple up. of spots <laughs> in the rankings. You're at least up to yeah. three or four right now. Uh, and, and Riley's healthy. Four. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Early. And Riley's healthy now. Riley's okay, yeah. healthy now. So, we're, so that, we're that will be, help. We're going to be raising it. Okay. That will help. Okay. Maddie Sidaway Gates with us on BYU Sports Nation. I'm uh, dude, the, the pa- we get more crap about the power couples than like anything else we do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> Maddie Sidaway Gates with us in Studio B and on BYU Sports Nation. 
When you look at the makeup of this team, mm-hmm. what is the strength of this BYU women's soccer team? I've been asked that question a couple times, and I just always come back to the culture of our team this year. We have, you know, we're not looking towards just one player to get the job done. This team has so much chemistry, can play well together, and just like, you know, the feeling, the excitement we have together as a team, I I just think it all comes back to the culture of this team right now. And the senior class is really strong. (laughs) the The senior leads this team. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Well, good luck tonight. I expect an amazing crowd, amazing energy, an amazing game against number one Stanford. Let's give you the BYU Sports Nation karma. Yes. Good luck. Thank you. So you guys can go out there and do your best, and I'm excited to watch this match. Have you signed our flag with your new last name? I do not think I have. Okay. <laughs> oh, let's, let's get it. Do you mind signing the flag? I would love to. Sweet. Let's you know, it. I always just sign my name Sid, though, but I guess I can. Sid the Kid? I can do Matty Gates. Yeah, okay. <laughs> whatever you want. Whatever you want to appease Riley, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Number one Stanford tonight. This is big time. Okay, I'm well, stoked. and for those that are new to the program, as she inks her name on this flag, this is the official in-studio transfer of the BYU Sports Nation Karma. That is? That is. Not us saying that we're giving well, it Well, we can give it, but, like, there's a next level oh. when you do oh. it in I didn't, studio I didn't when you realize sign that. the flag. I didn't realize that at all. Okay. Do you feel I, the karma? Feel do you feel the I karma, feel Maddie? I feel it coming. How'd you sign oh. it? Maddie Gates. But the Sharpie wasn't that good, so I don't, you can't oh, see it. Oh, sorry. Right. Yeah, here. We'll just throw it off. <laughs> we'll get another one. Get another we have a huge one. budget. We're good. <laughs> Maddie, great to talk to you. Thanks for Thank coming you. in. Thanks, guys. Okay, coming up, a big weekend in BYU sports begins with number one Stanford. It's in the win. Plus, there's a new head coach on campus in Provo, Utah. Details on that as well in the whip. This is BYU Sports Nation. Maddie, score a goal tonight. Shout out to today's guests, Adam Amin and Maddie Sidaway Gates. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to view full episodes. Sorry, not sorry to Dennis Pitta. We ran out of time. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. We are two days away from the season opener at Arizona. Also, KJ Hall announced via Instagram he is leaving the BYU football program, but it has nothing to do with the injuries he had uh, recently. BYU Women's Soccer will host number one ranked Stanford tonight at 9 p.m. Eastern, live on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The ladies have a current record through three matches of one win, one tie, and one loss. Volleyball. Number nine women's volleyball team begins playing in the BYU Nike Invitational against West Virginia. Tonight in the Smithfield House at 9 Eastern on the W.TV. Tennis. BYU Women's Tennis announced... The hiring of a new head coach. Welcome to Holly Parkinson Hassler, the former BYU tennis star. Parkinson Hassler led BYU to a WAC championship in her playing days. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair and Daniel Summerhays are playing in the DAP championship on the Web.com tour. Players currently tied for seventh. Look out for the Housecats after shooting two under through the first round. Summerhays is tied for 51st, shooting three over through 13 holes in the first round as well. All right, two days away from BYU football yeah. at Arizona. Today's rise and shout goes to K- KJ Hall. Yeah, He's retiring from football, and that's kind of a bummer because I thought he'd be in the mix for some uh, PT this year. Had the longest play for BYU football last year, a 75-yard touchdown run against San Jose State. Yeah, get just just the, we wish the best of luck to KJ Hall. Yeah, I see him in the grocery store near my house sometimes. So, like I'm one of the most genuine – 
kind, real people you'll ever have a conversation with. And, uh, yeah, we, we wish his, him the best. His brother's Jaron. He's on the team. We thought it'd be fun if Jaron handed off to KJ at some point, but now that's not going to happen. Yeah, that, that's, uh, that's a bummer. It's unfortunate. But, again, he's uh, pursuing bigger and better things. Our question of the day, how will all of you measure success for BYU against Arizona on Saturday night? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Just throw some WD Heath 40 on it, Jerem, in on Twitter. First off, I'm looking for a victory. Beyond that, I'm looking for 20-plus points from the BYU offense, consistency from the defense, and Adam Amin commentating an unbelievable play by BYU. That is good. That's the, the producer version of me. It's like, oh, sweet, I can use some Adam Amin and some opens. The Satake show and the pre- and post-game shows. Yes, at Calmere. Success would be, I want to see a Bronco, Bronco Mendenhall-type defense and the ability to show the potential to score once the offense irons out the bugs as happens on the first game every year. Yeah. Last year, there were some definite Ooh. bugs there. 20 <laughs> points against an FCS team. Yikes. So do we think BYU is going to score more than 20 against an FBS team on the road? Uh, Power 5 Power team, Power 5, no, yeah, yeah. I think we're expecting bigger and better things for sure. Last year's offense was the worst. <laughs> Vicky Thurman on Facebook. Well put, Vicky, when she says, uh, move the ball and score touchdowns. Stop Arizona from moving the ball and scoring touchdowns. But that wasn't the elite voice of the day, <laughs> surprisingly. Here is the elite voice of the day. Yes. At AE5LD. There are no moral victories in BYU football. Really? Moral victory. It's win or lose. I predict a win. Are you serious? We're the preseason national champs every year. Man. <laughs> what are you talking about? The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to number two, Cody Hoffman, the all-time leading receiver in BYU football history. We could use Cody Hoffman this year. Yes. I, two days away, dude. Tomorrow's the last day of the countdown. It doesn't feel it? real. Go Cougs!